0: Welcome to Beers, Business, and Balls, presented by House Enterprise and brought to you by Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to listen to Beers, Business and Balls, and thousands of other podcasts today. I'm Jake and that's Will. And it is week one. We made it. We made it through a, a pretty active off season. In the summer, and now we've got football. Uh, Will, it was great to sit on our ass yesterday and do nothing for five, six hours, and football's back. Football is back. Twin River Sundays
1: are back. Football Sundays are back. Eating until there's no tomorrow is back. Losing all of your money mm-hmm. because the over-unders are just whack, and Vegas has an inside bug on everything. The Giants suck. The
0: Pats suck. The Jets suck. The Bills suck. Football's back. So we're calling what we're about to do today, the writer's room, because we've got a bunch of guys in our arsenal that know the sport. Um, I I would say inside and out, but not really. Um, (laughs) You've got enough to keep you dangerous as far as fandom goes, but uh, real- takes from real fans is what we've always been about and we're going to get some tonight, you know, call them writers, call them fans, call them whatever you want to do. Um, it is writer's room and whoever shows up, shows up. Um, we're talking mostly Northeast football, but it's going to be a good slate. Uh, we are recording this during Monday night football. So our takes may be outdated right now. The Ravens are beating the Raiders, but um, I was too confident in that Moneyball pick with the Raiders because they look like they suck right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Ravens, you know, it, it wasn't a
1: bad money ball pick for uh, to choose. It's like you, you, you get the Ravens losing three running their entire running back room. And then, of course, Marcus Peters, which is an all pro corner. It's like that's a, you know, a tough pill to swallow, but the Ravens they're just still a sneaky good team no matter what anyone says it's like Lamar Jackson is still a very good quarterback it's like I bet you a lot of teams would still prefer to have him over others I mean they still have a very good defense even though losing guys like Marcus Peters and Matthew Judon who went to the Pats um the Ravens are a sneaky team and that's a that's a crowded division to be in as well
0: yeah I hate it um I hate how the Ravens are good. It's a very good division. We'll talk a lot more football as uh, the weeks go on and in today's episode as well. So let's rate some beer. Uh, You and I have had a lot of it in the past couple of weeks, which is nice. A lot of malted barley, a lot of local places. Went to the Rhode Island Seafood Festival a couple of days ago where there was a lot of beer. What are you going to review today?
1: Yeah, I I I was torn between what I wanted to do Um, you mentioned the Rhode Island seafood festival, which was a great time. And we had a lot of good lobster rolls and oysters and just good eats all around. But there was one that really stuck out to me there. And that was chair two by sons of Liberty, uh, sons of Liberty. They're down in nice. Yeah. I, what are they down in North Kingston, South Kingston, South 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 Kingston. Kingston. Yeah. But so sons of Liberty, they have this beer called chairs Two light lager. And it's kind of like it's separate entity which is kind of interesting it's like i guess they've you know hit the nail on this one where it's like it's own beer and it's own brand but it's still under that branch which is it's pretty interesting but i'm not usually a fan of loggers i'm not usually a fan of light beers but they did a very good job on this and i've 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 read about this beer before like and it's come up on targeted media uh, targeted instagram ads and stuff but it's super refreshing it's super light um I mean the the Rhode Island Food Festival it was it was like 80 degrees down at Indian Point Park so like you didn't need all those like heavy pumpkin beers yet or the heavy IPAs um you needed just something light and quick and they were handing out the free samples and I loved it. I really did love it a lot. Um I'm definitely going to go pick up a six pack of that wherever I can find it but 4 out of 5 for me. Um it was rated America's best world, voted America's best light lager by the World yeah. Beer Awards uh. United States winner. <laughs> Hey, I mean, the world beer awards, like you, you do get a lot of it's, I
0: don't know. It was fantastic. It was very good. It was a very good beer that you can have like 10 of them and be like, all right, I feel, I don't feel like shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I liked it a lot and I, I don't like the light beers, So four out of five for me on this one.
0: So you have to love Sons of Liberty and I don't know why that's one we haven't like aggressively pursued for the show because they've done a lot of good work and you and I were talking about this on Saturday when we were at the Seafood Festival. They're a brewery that has launched other brands under its brand and they like we were talking about Loyal Lemonade the other day, right? They Mm -hmm. start Loyal Lemonade with just fresh lemons and their own Loyal Nine vodka and I think they either just sold it off or it's running independently now but That's very cool shit, and it seems like that's exactly what they're trying to do with Share 2.
1: Yeah, and I I mean, I have not been to Sons of Liberty. I don't know if you have. I've had some of their beers, you know, probably from a malted barley or whatever Rhode Island restaurant or bar, and it's pretty good, but it's interesting that model that they're approaching.
0: Yeah, and that's obviously, I think, what they're probably going to do with Share 2 because they're just branding it as chair two, Rhode Island light locker and oh my god their website's beautiful too it's
1: a very yeah their marketing on this is like wow. top notch
0: I mean the their logo looks like an album it looks like a, an album of some like surfaces or like some SoundCloud rapper I mean that looks sick
1: yeah I mean but it's crazy it's like they have their own website they have their own um, they have their own Instagram it's like it's its own platform for itself just for this one beer
0: yeah. I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, the beer was excellent. It was a four. Yeah, You just rated it, which I mean, I think that's about as good as you can rate a light lager, mm-hmm. right? You can't really be giving out four, two fives and four fives, the light loggers. And I think that hit the nail on the head there. Um, yeah. Sure too. I think you can get these in liquor stores too. Did they say that?
1: Yeah. They're distributing it everywhere, everywhere right. in Rhode Island and Massachusetts.
0: 95 calories two and a half carbs per can um yeah go follow them chair two beer on instagram it looks great um i will take you to malted barley i feel like we talk about malted barley like once every three weeks i'll spare you the explanation of oh it's a beer place it's you know providence in florida great um i had sluice juice it was called from bent water brewing company it's out of lynn massachusetts um you know, not the safest area in the world, but <laughs> pretty nice stuff surrounding it. Uh, you have the Nahant Causeway right there. Um, I have not been to their physical location. I've heard it's excellent, but I had Slew's Shoes because I've heard about it before. Um, and I give this a four right on the dot. Uh, it was an IPA and they hopped the shit out of it. It says huge doses um, of five different hops, Galaxies in there, Simcoe's in there, Citra's in there. Um Summer IPA. And if you are at a liquor store in Massachusetts or in Rhode Island, they've been around a little bit. Bentwater is a place that doesn't get a ton of love uh, because it's in Lynn and Lynn is fucking disgusting. But I think that might be worth a trip for me now.
1: No, I, um, I agree. I mean, it's a sneaky pick because I actually, I was just looking. I'm like, oh, Bentwater sounds familiar. And they had a couple beers at malted barley. I had Thunder Funk and I gave Thunder Funk a four.
0: Yeah, so... And it's, I like,
1: think- it definitely something... I was, like, red flag. It's, like, oh, this place is kind of, you know, a sneaky little destination up in Lynn, Mass.
0: Oh, but Lynn is so gross. So
1: gross, but... Oh, my
0: God. And it's right on the Linway actually, and the Linway is just full of, like, disgusting-ass people, so... Um, it's the hole-in-the-wall I mean,
1: places, though, that make the best.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. It's, like, in the middle of a warehouse, um, which, again, that seems pretty cool. I mean, like, so... I'm up in Swampscott a lot. It's lit. It's probably five minutes away from Bent Water. I will be going now because I had Bent Water at Malted Barley and I will definitely be stopping in for some cans. Uh, I think I've had Thunder Funk and it's pretty good, but Bent Water definitely known for their IPAs and some of their, I think they do experimental like fruited sours and stuff too. So um, good little find, North Shore, Massachusetts. Give me a 4 0 for Bentwater, Water. And that's a beer review. We'll go on to business. And it's been an interesting couple of weeks, uh, you know, crypto, we can talk about a bunch on every show, but we'll start with some of the the cool, you know, under the radar stuff. The iPhone 13 is coming out uh, mm-hmm. by the time this episode drops. I think actually it might be Wednesday, but we'll see an iPhone 13. We'll see a new Apple watch. We'll see some new AirPods. And I was thinking about this as we were putting the agenda together today. It's like... When does that cap stop of when phone tech can just hit its limit, right? We thought back in the day that, oh, it's just cell phones, Um, you know, or first it was the wired phone, right? You know, everyone's like, oh man, how long can this wire get for my car? And then you get a flip phone with a little antenna and now you have an iPhone. Like I'm, I just can't fathom like what's next for phones. And Apple continues to impress us every single time they do one of these events, which is why I think their stock is so high.
1: Yeah, I know Apple, which is actually, you know, ironically enough, because they just sent out a emergency update because there was possible, uh, you know, breach of security with like, um, I don't know, some kind of like spyware and stuff. Which is just oh, like ironic really. that it happens like right before the uh, Apple event tomorrow. It but yeah, you down. make a good yeah you make a good point in terms of like when does it stop? And it's you know I don't know. I mean, the one thing Apple does and if people need to accept it or not it's like the phone shit the bed after two years it's like the phones it's like you need to you will be forced to have an upgrade the rest of your life every two years or so um and they're not cheap either but you know Between the camera quality, it's like some of this stuff, it's better than a professional camera, which is insane.
0: I agree. You can do wide lens cameras. And you know what I just found out? I've had this phone for so long. I think it's an iPhone 11. You can swipe up before you take a video or picture and actually set the picture to 16 by nine. Like if you're making TikToks, if you're making Instagram reels, I had no idea I've been living with all these capabilities and all these iPhone users have too crazy yeah
1: they don't really do a good job explaining what's no, new and stuff
0: they
2: don't.
1: um and i was looking at like some of the new features and everything of the new iphone and most of it's just obviously like the software and technology and stuff and the longer battery life but the battery is gonna die in like two years anyway so i mean i don't know do the does the iphone get smaller i don't think people want the smaller anymore i think they want the bigger
0: i think so too, and <laughs> I thought about this too, as we're looking to Apple, remember that hologram keyboard we were going to get like 10 years ago, everyone's like, that's the new thing. It's the hologram thing. You can type on surfaces like that shit is nuts. And then it just, everyone's like, all right, that was a fucking meme.
1: Well, it's like Sam, I think it's either Samsung or Google has that like the uh, tablet phone that now folds like back into the clamshell.
0: I think it's Samsung.
1: Yeah. And it's like, that's fully touchscreen. So it's like, will Apple ever get back into like, not get back into but you know adapt to go to the folding stuff i don't know yeah
0: i i don't know i think you know our our last point on apple was how's it going to affect apple stock and i mean normally you see you see the dips a couple of days into it you know everyone buys and buys and buys and the elites sell off and everyone's like oh my god why am i losing money on apple and then that's when everyone else hops back in and makes money off of it right so long term you know obviously great play for apple stock um I might buy a little bit of Apple when these come out, honestly. I I don't see why
1: not. Yeah. It's not a
0: terrible idea to.
1: It's really not an expensive stock either.
0: No, because, yeah, it's actually a pretty. That's why it's so popular, I think, just because it's like affordable. I mean, it's closed at 150 today, basically. So, Um, are we looking at all time highs for Apple? Uh, We're looking pretty damn close. Yeah. It's. Certainly, very close to a year high. I mean, a couple of weeks ago it was trading. Actually, last week at 155 dipped a little bit. I mean, I see no reason why this can't hit 200 soon.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was it before the stocks? They had a stock split a couple of years ago. Now.
0: Um. Yeah. I. I don't. I don't even know when the stock split was anymore. When was it? Apple stock split. That was. Um. Well, well, it split five times since it went public.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You want to know something crazy? When do you think Apple went public? 04. Mm-hmm. How's 1980?
1: That really?
0: Yeah. You want to guess how much it cost?
1: Like seven dollars.
0: 22 bucks a share. Yeah. And then it split five times after that. So even after splitting five times, like they were mostly four for one splits, we're still looking at like 150 basically. That mm-hmm. is fucking absurd.
1: Yeah, I mean it's split. Just over a year ago, end of August of 2020.
0: If you invested a hundred bucks in Apple's IPO, you would have, oh man, it is a lot of money. (laughs) I I opened an article. I'm like, oh, it's going to tell me right now. Oh, it's 6.7 million. That's crazy. 10 grand in Apple in 1980, you would have about 6.7 million.
1: Hmm. I mean, a thousand, a thousand. Dollar investment in may of 2011 would yield you a, a, a thousand percent gain
0: yeah that's nuts too i mean so that's what a thousand times a thousand that's like 10, what, is that 10 million yeah. a thousand times a thousand i think well, a thousand is, percent oh yeah yeah yep thousand percent so i mean yeah that yeah all right cool so that's like a hundred what a hundred thousand is that how that works or is that ten thousand my math sucks um it's a lot of money that's the bottom line you would have made a shit ton of money from apple yeah. that's why we're not calculus professors no, or anything no. um another quick business thing before we head into our writer's room uh covid tests are coming to brick and mortar stores that was something that was a big debate over when covid tests were going to be you know released to the public and all that stuff um, it, the whole thing was like, where am I going to get one? Do I have, need to have a doctor's order? Um, they're going to be in stores now. And I've seen a few of them at CVS's and some Walmarts and shit like that, but they're really expensive. So the white house actually just cut a deal with the big retailers. Um, CVS is one they're putting them in Kroger's too. Um, they're going to sell them at like a 35% discount for what they normally are. So my question to you is if you were in a pinch, would you buy a COVID test in a store? Well, how haven't. much is it? So right now they're going for like two for 24 bucks from Abbott. That will probably go down to like 20. That's what their experts say.
1: I mean, if you're a, in a pinch and you have to, I mean, yeah, it's like, you don't know what the regulations are going to be in the next couple months and years in terms of Oh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, going to going on an airplane or going to the theater or, you know, going into work. It's like, I don't know what it's going to have to be, but I mean, if that's the case where it's like, you have to buy it every time you do something, it's going to get pricey. And that's kind of like unfair and just like insufficient of like, it's just, it's just a waste. It's just like such a waste of like plastic and packaging and all of that stuff. And it's like, We got to like figure out, you know, the best way to approach this. And also it's like kind of flaw in the plan. It's like, if COVID is this big deadly thing and I think I have it now, I have to go into a CVS to buy the thing.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true. That's weird. Like, cause then you've got to either like mobile order it into curbside wherever they even still do that. Or you have to go send someone to get it for you. So at that point it's like, well, when I just go to my doctor, but I guess that opens up the debate of like, which is not a debate that we're qualified for, but it's like, you know, all right, should people have that for free, right? Should you have that for free through your medical provider? Um, I think it's a good way for these stores to make money because if they just cut a deal with the White House to sell them at 35%, guess who's paying for the other 35%? It's it's the White House, right? Mm -hmm. So I mean- With what money? That's the thing. That's another debate. But yeah. I mean, they, they had to be subsidized. If, they're, if they cut a deal with the government to sell them, they had to be compensated some way, right? Mm-hmm. Like Abbott's probably looking at the White House and saying, well, we're not fucking selling. at a discount. Somebody's got to pay us. So I bet you the, I don't know. I think this is going to be a good play off the bat for some of these big companies like Kroger. I, I mean, I, I would imagine that you see some positive gains from Kroger from this because if they're putting them in grocery stores, you know, I think that's probably a good call
1: expect Walmart to pick right up on that. Expect Amazon to cut the price in half and just sell it direct to the
0: Amazon essentials COVID test for $5. I can see it now. Yep. Pack of 10 for, you know, 30, the rich, get richer. Oh, fuck Jeff Bezos, man. So that's business this week. Let's dive into what y'all came here for, which is the writer's room. It is week one. It is football. We've got some brilliant minds that joined us for today's show. Let me make sure I got everyone. Uh, Our two Jets um, writers in Clubfoot Gym and Sam Basil. We've got Jordan Labe, Manning, the Cardinals uh, beat. So I don't even know how he became a Cardinals fan. We'll have to ask him at some point um and then you got the Giants I got the Pats uh Eddie Zalen is with us for the Eagles and I'm pretty sure that's it yeah I I, did I forget anyone
1: no that's who joined the call today um we obviously have Owen Brown for the Titans yes uh Chris Hanold for the Bills and then a new writer new writer Josh Adams for the Ravens so Uh, Perfect timing to release that and uh, you know he couldn't join us today because he's watching those Ravens Raiders right now while we're recording but we're excited to have him on the blog but yeah the writers room week one NFL football it was a great conversation and and great things all around.
0: I don't know if you saw what Josh tweeted at us but he said um, after a lengthy negotiation and he put a little star on it and he's like well that actually means beer or Rhode Island citizenship so (laughs) <laughs> so that's what we subliminally agreed to him i guess we'll go with the beer route yeah rhode island citizenship like i don't even know that i have rhode island citizenship. <laughs> i technically, technically don't
1: agree. yeah
0: oh man all right but uh let's dive right into it here is our first writer's room segment of the year
1: all right everybody with this this week we got the writer's room we got the boys all together in a zoom Sam Basil, Eddie, Jordan, Clubfoot Jim, Zimmer, and myself. We're talking football in honor of week one NFL. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Good, sir. Freaking amazing.
0: amazing. <laughs> Eddie's the one that goes freaking amazing because he's basically the only one in this room that had, well, actually, I guess, Salabe too, but I mean, it's like the only one in this room that had like a, a big resounding win.
3: Yeah, you you know, I just want to say like, it's like my team won my fantasy team highest point total in the entire league right now. Like we're, we're doing well, we're starting off strong,
1: starting off strong. Eddie is coming in hot. I mean, I guess we'll start with you, Eddie. It's like the Philadelphia Eagles fan, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, blogger fly, fly Eagles fly, you know, tell us what went down in that first game.
3: Yeah. So, you know, in incredible performance by Jalen Hurts, strong showing by uh, new head coach, Nick, Sirian- Nick Sirianni, uh, y- you know, coming into this matchup, nobody really knew uh, how either team was going to play because the Falcons have a new head coach and Arthur Smith. Right. So nobody really knew schemes. It was truly just a battle of the wits, so to speak. And the Eagles, um, their coaches, their players and everything pulled out on top. It was really, you know, uh, both from, you know, the offense and how Jalen Hurts played to the defense and how the D line, the linebackers and even, uh, you know, typically the terrible Eagles secondary, how they played. It all just worked out well. You know, the team's looking great right now. Saw a lot of tweets and everything, and so it's like, start printing the Super Bowl banner right now, oh, right, okay. right now, you know, in typical Philly fashion. Um, nice. we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see how it is at Week Five, but right now this team's got juice, and I like I'm you know probably the most excited I've been for this team in you know uh, probably close to a year and a half. So it's looking good. It's looking good.
1: All right, and what about on the fantasy aspect? You know, are people should people pick up Jalen Hurts right now? I know you you snagged him pretty early in the draft. Uh, you know, what is the uh, what's the take on Jalen Hurts after week one?
3: Yeah, I'm think I'm thinking definitely snag uh, Jalen Hurts if if you have the opportunity to. He's, you know, he's really a, a truly dual uh, dual threat QB, right? Like we saw him make some really incredible throws yesterday. That touchdown right before the half uh, to Dallas Goddard was a precision throw. You know, if Mahomes makes that throw, it's on NFL Network for six hours straight, right? He can move with his legs. He made so many plagues um, just bailing out of the pocket. When he needed to picking up yards, I think he had uh, I think it was like eight rushes for 73 yards uh, this game. So he's going to like if he's your quarterback, he's going to get you a lot of points. I was actually a little disappointed because I started Russell Wilson over Hertz this week and Hertz actually ended up with more points than uh, Wilson did. So if he's available, definitely pick up on Hertz. You won't be disappointed.
1: What's the room thinking of this one?
4: Hot take, cold take. What are we feeling? I think it's a neutral take just because they did play the Falcons defense, who has been notoriously bad the past couple of years, especially after losing Dan Quinn this past offseason. But they do play in the NFC East, so I think they will have some very easy defensive matchups, especially after what we saw Washington do um, against a young offensive line, and they generated no pressure and got nothing against Justin Herbert. So – We'll see, man. I think Jalen Hurts is going to do really well in the NFC East. We'll see how he does in the other divisional matchups and out-of-conference matchups, but I think it's a fine pickup. What I'm
0: worried about for him next week is he's got a play. I mean, the 49ers defense looked, you can call it what it was um, against Alliance. Uh, I mean, they had a phenomenal showing the first half and then just absolutely shit themselves the next. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I genuinely don't know what to expect with Jalen Hurts next week because I think they might put a little pressure on him.
3: Yeah, and if, if, if I can, Zim, to, to that, right? And so it's like uh, we, we definitely saw, as you said, you know, the 49ers, their defense and team as in general really started off hot um, against the Lions. But then as the game progressed, you know, Dan Campbell, like, really started to, you know, kind of, like, figure them out and pick them apart. I think like one of the really encouraging things about Nick Sirianni during this game and how he called the offense was his ability to kind of like adapt uh, to what was working at the time. Right. So we saw at, you know, the entire first half, it was pretty much the entire passing game. Right. Like 11 personnel heavy with the pass starting the second half you know, um, the the Falcons were really starting to drop more men back in coverage. Nick Sirani immediately switches to the run. They start slashing and, you know, like really hammering the Falcons with the run game. So I'm confident that, you know, if it's a little, you know, like the 49ers are showing a really strong defense at first, like just, I, again, I get it. So one game sample size, but I'm confident at this point, to you know in Sirianni's ability to kind of adapt to the offense to what they're doing so we'll see but like I'm I'm hopeful I'm confident
1: I mean yeah NFC East it's uh who who the hell knows it's uh the NFC least or the NFC the NFC beast it's like the Cowboys they came out hot against the Buccaneers that's going to be a surprise team to many uh, Washington, I mean, they have that incredible front seven and then un- unfortunately they just lost Ryan Fitzpatrick for a couple weeks, but maybe they can get some Heineke magic, um, to help them out. And then my giants, my miserable, miserable giants, uh, what an awful showing that was my lock of the week at giants plus three, the underdogs at home. Uh, Daniel Jones, wasn't a terrible game, but a costly fumble, uh, shifted the momentum. The offensive line was not generating a run game. Saquon Barkley was slow. Uh, Jason Garrett, most incompetent offensive coordinator in the entire league, <laughs> in my opinion. And the defense was just flat. It was just a all-out embarrassment. I'm looking hopeful for week two, Thursday night football against the Washington football team, but knocking my hopes up too much for this one.
0: I don't know. And now, poor Fitzpatrick, too, because I, I hate to... I hate to take too much from pardon my take, but listening to it today, it's like, you know, you have like a hip subluxation or whatever it is. It's like hip dysplasia when you have like an old Labrador that needs to be like, you know, that basically is on his way out. It's like, Oh, you know, that, that Fitzy, he's, he needs to rest up a little bit while this new dog Taylor comes in and takes his job. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't know. Uh, It sucks to see Fitzpatrick go down like that, but who knows what Heineke's going to do against this water? This uh, Giants defense. I think they're going to give him a tough time. I really do think so. I think their linebackers are good enough where they'll they'll put a little pressure on them. But WFT, not sure.
1: WFT. Before we head over to uh, AFCs, so let's sling it over to Jordan. Your Cardinals. Oh, I mean, boy. what a matchup! That was going to be a tough first game against the Titans. Obviously, there. You know, they added Julio Jones, but they lost a couple pieces here and there. Uh, Chandler Jones,
4: five sacks, five sacks, two forced fumbles, seven tackles, a lot of pressures, a lot of well, not a lot of pressures, but a high pressure percentage, I think 25%. So crazy. I did the math. And if you take the average defense gets about 35 to 40 snaps a game, he only played 20. He only had 28 pass rushing snaps. If you do the math out, if he goes 30-35 30 to 35 pass rush snaps a game and has that pressure rate and that sack rate on top of the pressure rate, he's going to end the season with 91 sacks, <laughs> 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 which is stupid to think about. Um, but really happy with Chandler Jones. I'm really not surprised what Kyler did, but he still exceeded my expectations. I thought he was gonna do well in two or three touchdowns. You got to throw a pick in there because it's Kyler, he takes risk, but. To go five total, four through the air, one on the ground, have two incredible plays where he went sideline to sideline and juked out two rushers and then threw a dime to Rondale Moore. And then there was one, he literally looked like Joe Montana. He took eight strides backwards and then falling backwards put it up perfectly for Christian Kirk. Um, I'm just really, really excited for this team overall from the defense to the offense. Uh, special teams look pretty solid from the for the most part, but If you want a team to bet on for the Super Bowl that not a lot of people are betting on, bet on the Cardinals because they can get there. I don't know if they'll win the whole thing, but this is a squad that just showed up one of the most dominant offenses in recent years and a defense that isn't great but does play well when they put it together. And they had them completely lost the entire game.
1: I mean, I see Chandler Jones. You know, you talked about those stats, but adding a guy like J.J. Watt into the mix, it's Mm -hmm. like the double team's taken away. He is exactly. going to, you know, disrupt those offensive lines. But I had one question for you. You know, you have obviously DeAndre Hopkins and you have the Scottsdale, Arizona native and Kirk, and you added A.J. Green, which is a nice pick. Are you a little sad about Larry Fitz?
4: I am, but at the same time, I feel like he's actually hindered our offense the past two seasons. I think he was great to help out Kyler first for the first half of his rookie year. But if I'm being honest, I think if he was gone last year, they might have performed better because they would have had more speed on the offense. They would have had younger guys getting more reps and Fitz is a great player. No question about it, but he's not the same player he was even three years ago when Carson Palmer was the starting Q. So I I'm sad, but at the same time, like I think it's going to help our offense greatly this year. And I think the move happened too late.
1: That's fair. Totally fair. And I mean, you know, it is a tough division. You obviously have the Rams and then the Seahawks will always be the Seahawks, but uh, you know, the Cardinals were on that outside looking in last year, so and they mm-hmm. they made those additions to uh help them move and I mean, Kyler Murray is one of those young studs of the league, so definitely a team to keep uh keep your eye out on. And then we'll swing over to the AFC East. We'll start with the Pats, Zimmer, the Mac Jones era. The Mac Jones era, Tom Brady, now 2 years gone, Cam Newton out. Um, you know, what were your first looks on that, uh, the new offense and the, uh, the new, pa- the new Patriots?
0: Well, I notoriously, and I hope James still has the tweet where he tried to call me out, but I was a Mac Jones hater when they picked him. Uh, I thought it was too high. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? They need to keep Cam Newton and let him prove himself. I have seen the light. Um, I am a born again, Mac Jones lover. I have rallied around him as my quarterback of the future. Um, this is all before the game on Sunday. And, and watching him on Sunday, you know, he had to get his bad throws out. I mean, his first career throw was technically a fumble. He threw, tried to throw it behind him to Jonu Smith, and that was just a disaster. But I'll tell you what, 29 for 39, 281 yards, I'll take it. Um, ultimately, he didn't really find the end zone, but he'll figure it out. Um, he did find Algalor once, but it would have been nice if he, you know, was able to get into a rhythm, crack the secondary, all that stuff. I'm just disappointed in the offensive line. Um, eight penalties, 84 yards by this Patriots team the other day. And, The offensive line commits three of them. They uh, give up 35 yards in penalties, and they negate gains of 66 yards total. I mean, that's disgusting. You know, you have to think that that equates to one score, at least, uh, whether it's a field goal or touchdown, and that technically wins the Patriots the game on paper. So uh, they were in it against the Dolphins. Am I surprised they lost? No, I am not, unfortunately. They have those games where they come out and they look like shit. Uh, the secondary piss me off. They give me the biggest anxiety in the world out of any sports team. I'm excited for to to beat up on James's Jets next week. Um down with Zach Wilson. I'm very sorry. He looks like a nice guy. I've heard his girlfriend's a great person too. She has a very annoying family, I hear. So let's stick it to him.
1: Show some up to Basil. That's his team too.
0: Yeah, I know. It's Basil's team too. I'm sorry. Yep. I I just I love the 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 beef with James. That's all so the goddamn jets boys
1: clubby and sam what are we feeling i mean not gonna lie that was a sam darnold revenge game uh you know you you miss him a little bit are you excited for zach wilson
5: uh i mean i'd be lying if i said i did miss sam Darnold a little bit Uh, and that's got nothing it's got absolutely nothing to do with uh uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, you know, I, I think S- Sam Darnold's departure from the Jets was kind of a bittersweet thing in the sense that um, it was almost like LeBron leaving. <laughs> not to not to compare <laughs> Zach Wilson, to, uh, not to compare Sam Darnold to LeBron James, but like leaving Cleveland for the first time. You know, they failed him. The Jets failed Sam Darnold. They failed to build around him. The offensive line has always been trash. They didn't really give him that great of weapons. I mean, Jamison Crowder is great, but I mean, you know, it was, it was time for Sam Darnold to go somewhere else and, you know, shine somewhere where he can, you know, he can have the resources to succeed. And I think he showed that he has that in Carolina, but in terms of the jets overall, um, you know, usually, you know, growing up a jets fan, my whole life, I've set myself up for disappointment every week. And I actually came out of that game, you know, pleasantly surprised. Um, In terms of how they played, I mean, I think Zach Wilson did very well. I mean, those last two touchdown drives, you know, they marched right down the field. I think that last drive they went 93 yards. Um, So that's really impressive to see from a rookie quarterback. Um, But, of course, since since it is the Jets, you know, there's always a a but, you know, and I think this but this week comes uh, in the injury, in, in the injury department. I mean, the Jets had five major injuries, Um, The biggest is probably Makai Becton, uh, which again goes back to that Jets offensive line. I mean, in this game, Zach Wilson was sacked six times out of 10 overall quarterback hits. And, you know, he's a young guy, but if that's going to be the case for this entire season, he's not going to last. I mean, I, you know, God forbid, but I I don't want to see, you know, a lacking Jets offensive line. Turn Zach Wilson into the next, you know, Andrew Luck. So that that was that was my biggest takeaway from Week One.
2: What about you, James? Uh, yeah. I mean, I wish nothing but the best for Sam Darnold, but I I don't want to necessarily go out here and say I miss him. Uh, I think you know he could probably do great in Carolina, but I'm ecstatic for this Zach Wilson era. Um, you know, I look I look at this game on Sunday and. One or not one word, one way I can describe Zach Wilson is that he looked like a rookie. He had the first half where he went six or 16. Um, not very impressive, but like how I talked about in my article that I put out, it's a it was a tale of two halves. He came out in the second half, looked a little more comfortable in the offense, a little more fired up, um, completed some of those third down passes, completed some of those under pressure passes that he wasn't getting through in the beginning in the first half of the game. And I hate to beat the dead horse, but it really comes down to the offensive line. Um, you know, George Fant had a uh, pass blocking grade of 48.9, which is atrocious. Um, then Makai Becton is gone. Now we got George Fant at left tackle, which is, again, a terrible something we, we don't need. Uh, I want Morgan Moses in that position going forward. It was just, um, yeah, I mean, same old, same old from the Jets so far, but I saw enough from Zach Wilson to where I can peacefully say goodbye to Sam Darnold and not necessarily uh, look back and regret the way we handled him. Fair
1: enough. So head to head right now, I mean the Pats and the jets, they're going to have to face each other
2: twice split in the series or who's in the favorite. Uh, I mean, you got to favor the Pats. They're just a, unfortunately they're a much more put together team. Uh, Zach is going to struggle and Mac Jones is going to struggle as well. He's going to have his mistakes, but he's going to have a, a much better built together team than the jets have where they'll pick them up and they'll win games on the defensive side of the ball through the run game uh, just through other aspects of playing football.
0: I think that's a pretty fair assessment, James. Um, For me, you know, you, you mentioned Mac Jones will make up some mistakes. I I really do think he will, you know, he's not a, he's very raw. That's one of the big uh, things that I kind of expected, but I didn't really understand the, the, how grave that would end up being. Um, and he was just so raw. He made plenty of mistakes and he, he even admitted it after the end of the game. He said, you know, I have to be better. Right. It starts with me. I didn't do well. Um, I will just say, I loved how he's like how Aguilar gives him the football after his first touchdown and he doesn't even take it. He just gives it to fucking Brian Hoyer. He's like, here you go, buddy. You need it more than me. But you know, I'm pretty pumped for to see what Zach or uh yeah, Zach Jones so is going to combine the two of them. Uh what Mac Jones can do. I think it's a good test again, you know, the Jets defense is not a good defense, but it's I mean it's a low pressure environment even still being in New York, right? He can do his thing. He can just focus on playing his game. You don't have to worry about, you know, being on the Monday Night Football or the primetime game or anything like that. Just go out there and play. And I think if you do that, Mac Jones can find the end zone a couple of times. You're looking
4: at, uh, you know, one of those wins that's hopefully not close. I would just want to bring up Sam Darnold a little bit because you guys said you were a little sad he's gone. I think you should be absolutely ecstatic because he did not – he did what he was supposed to do against the Jets defense, but he didn't absolutely obliterate the secondary. You know, most almost all of his completions came within 10 yards uh, from the line of scrimmage. I think he went three of 12 from 10 yards or deeper. And one of them was the touchdown Robbie Anderson and broken coverage. So overall, Sam Darnold like played well, but he's not going to have that game changing or game breaking impact that Zach Wilson is going to give you. And number two, Zach Wilson's going against a very well-established remodeled Panthers defense that can bring a lot more pressure from the outside has a fast secondary. And they have the offensive players to hold onto the ball and just chew clock to put you in passing situations where you don't have a lot of time to get the ball downfield so I- i'd be very happy where you're at with zach wilson regardless of the injuries regardless of the offensive line because he has the talent and just the playing ability to change games for you guys and you saw that it was 14 nothing. then he brought a close it was 1914 at the end of it so give him time let him develop let the guys come back healthy and give it a, a year or two to draft some good weapons for him and a better offensive line and secondary weapons Jess could be a force in three years. I would not, and none of you were writing him off, but I see a lot of people after week one saying he's not the answer. And I think that's bullshit. It's
2: yeah, just- a lot of a lot yeah. of people like putting the uh the bust sticker on a on a quarterback way too quickly. Um mm-hmm. I just want to point out that there was three instances where uh Zach Wilson pass 40 yards in the air or more was dropped. One by veteran wide receiver Corey Davis and one by rookie wide receiver Elijah Moore. So he mm-hmm. completes those three, even two of those 40-plus yard passes. That's a different ballgame right there.
4: Yeah, Corey Davis in and of himself had an incredible game. He did. He really I think, did. I think if they get Denzel Mims in the mix a little more, that's a nasty three-man receiving core you guys have.
2: Yeah. And Jameson yeah. Crowder. Jameson Crowder's injury. Or uh, COVID.
4: But why is Corey Davis nice all of a sudden? I mean,
0: I, I was very high on him when he was in Tennessee. And it was kind of disappointed everyone um, because A.J. Brown, which is better than him, but – I mean, he's just all of a sudden nice, and that must be so fun to have, like, good receivers. I wouldn't know.
2: I was worried because of uh, the whole Juju and Antonio Brown effect where Juju kind of starred his rookie season because Antonio Brown was getting most of the double teams, and Corey Davis had a good year last year because A.J. Brown was having most of the double teams. So I was worried now that Corey Davis in the number one position was sort of going to be isolated out there and an automatic lock. But no, he, uh, he went up against secondary extremely well against carolina like established cornerbacks out there um and obviously yeah uh, five catches 97 yards two touchdowns he had a stellar game Mm
5: -hmm.
2: not bad not bad oh, you want to
1: say something
3: yeah yeah i just want to like comment on something jordan said earlier and i like i completely agree too i think you guys should be a lot happier now with uh zach wilson than uh sam darnold and i just think that's because of the situation that he has right I seriously think that Joe Douglas will be a fantastic uh, GM in this league, right? He's going to draft in order to protect Zach Wilson. We saw that when he took uh, Elijah Barrett Tucker uh, this past draft, right? You're going to see that he's going to build along the trenches of this line. He's going to want to protect Wilson. He'll get weapons around them. But, you know, like I – like I could definitely buy it too uh like what Jordan said you know 2 to 3 years you know the jets can be a real force in the league and I think that's you know because of the situation that he's in um you know the GM the new coach Robert Sala um I just like I would be a lot more optimistic about Wilson's tenure in New York than I was about Darko
1: All fair points all fair points all right. So we got a few minutes left. We'll head into we'll close the doors on week one and we'll head into week two. Uh, we'll just go around the room and everyone give one lock and, you know, one surprise fantasy player. Um, you know, I'll start off the link and not to have the Giants bias, but I'm going to take the Giants over the Washington football team for Thursday night football I think the injury to Ryan Fitzpatrick and having uh, that young, unexperienced quarterback like Heineke against the Giants defense, little question marks for Washington. I think, you know, Joe Judge is definitely going to run the hell out of these guys the next couple of days and uh, turn it around, make the adjustments, get Kenny Galladay back into the mix, you know, still feed off of Sterling Shepherds, 115 yards, you know, make the adjustments on the defense. So I'm going to take the Giants and then my fantasy player in that, Um, I'll give it to Saquon Barkley. I think Saquon Barkley will have to uh, step it up in order for the Giants to succeed and win this game. Um, I think the over-under is at like 54 and a half yards, so I'll take the over. Saquon Barkley have a bounce-back game. We'll go then go to uh, Basil. What are you feeling?
5: This is a tough one because I feel like a lot of my locks heading into week two um, probably would – probably have changed based on a lot of the upsets we've seen in week one, but I might have to go San Francisco 49ers at currently listed at minus three and a half over the Eagles. Um, You know, I think just San Fran's got the, you know, just more established uh, veteran offense against Philadelphia. I mean, look, we still, I still uh, expect a lot out of Devontae Smith and Jalen hurts as they kind of come into their own in Philly. But right now I think San Francisco just looked way too good against Detroit for you not to take them at minus three and a half. So that's my lock. And uh, my sneaky fantasy player, uh, you know, I feel like I kind of talk about him a lot. I throw his name out there a lot just because, you know, I got to go Fordham Rams pride. Uh, Chase Edmonds, if you have an opportunity to draft him or not draft him, but take him at, you know, kind of your RB2 slot, maybe your flex if you're playing in a super flex league, uh, kind of throw him in there. You know, he's, he's getting a lot more touches this year as this Arizona offense kind of comes into their own and he's really good as like kind of like a short game guy uh, for Arizona. So if you've got the space,
4: pick him up. Jordan, how about you? My lock of the week, I'm going to go Seahawks over the Titans. I know the Cardinals just played them, but the Seahawks have a very similar offense to the Cardinals. They have a same level type of defense. Seahawks defense, very underrated. They were top five uh, for the last four weeks last season. So, I'll go with the Seahawks over the Titans. Just, again, Russell Wilson is very good. Fantasy lock for that game, Chris Carson. We saw what Edmonds and James Conner did against this Titans defense combined. Carson is literally those two players combined. So if you have Chris Carson play him against the Titans this week, in my sleeper of the week, I'm actually going to go Eagles over the 49ers in that respect. I think the 49ers started to get a little exposed late in that game, and I think the Eagles have the playmakers to keep on exposing that. Um, they just lost Jason Verrett for the season. Who's a very good cornerback. Um, so they really don't have an answer outside of their safeties and Fred Warner in the secondary for help. And I would pick Jalen Rager as the uh, fantasy sleeper for that game as well. Nice. Nice Eddie.
3: Yeah. So, uh, my lock for this week, uh, I'm going to say Rams over Colts. Um, I think, you know, like, like Matt Stafford is just going to do wonders uh, like in the Rams offensive system. Um, and then, you know, I just think, I think this, this past week, you know, Carson Wentz got sacked. I think it was like three or four times, you know, he had was holding the ball. I think he had the third, uh, he held the ball like, um, for the third most amount of time out of all quarterbacks. Right. We see the exact same problems, uh, that he was having in Philly now in Indy. Right. And when you just have a monster like Aaron Donald, you know, uh, along the front line, it doesn't matter how good your offensive line is. When you have, you know, Aaron Donald breathing down your neck and a quarterback that just will not throw the ball and just cannot get it out of his hands, you have a recipe for disaster. I'm going Rams over Colts. And then I think uh, my fantasy, um, like kind of sleeper pick this week, Uh, maybe not one that you would necessarily think, but I'm going to go with uh, Kyle Pitts. Um, And that's just because like this past week, um, you know, against Philly, they really didn't scheme him open. They really didn't get him very many touches and like Falcons fans and all over in Falcons media were really starting to put pressure on Arthur Smith to really try and scheme him open. And I think he'll have the perfect opportunity and Kyle Pitts himself Will have a great opportunity to really show his medal against the Giants this week. So that's who I'm taking for fantasy. James.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give you guys a layup here. I'm gonna put my lock as the Buccaneers over the Falcons. Um, not too much to say there. Falcons have a bad defense, Buccaneers have good offense. Tom Brady. It was uh it was close between the Cowboys, and um, you know, I don't think anybody really expected the Cowboys to hang on for that long against Tampa Bay, but this is a division game that I think Brady and crew know that they have to win uh, sleeper fantasy pick. He was a sleeper la- last week. I don't know if he's a sleeper anymore is uh, Elijah Mitchell of San Francisco 49ers uh, put up 16 points. And it's that classic Kyle Shanahan offense where, you know, I think if you put Jake Zimmer in there, he could rush for 1500 yards <laughs> in the season. Um, but that's yeah, that's, crazy. that makes it easy to, to get these uh, waiver claims and yeah, he's going to go out there and have another good game. That's awesome. And we'll close out with you, Zim.
0: All right. Um, Denver Broncos are going to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are the worst team in the NFL. Um, Even with Trevor Lawrence, they have proved they still have an incompetent offense, and it will not be this week that they figure it out. They will at some point, but it's not this week. Um, Melvin Gordon has proved to be a guy that you can trust in the backfield. He – uh received 101 yards the other day teddy bridgewater has made it clear he's going to pass a lot but he's going to check down a lot you better be starting melvin gordon um either rb you could start him as an rb1 i guess technically at this point not even a flexer or rb2 but melvin gordon's here to stay he's your guy for the rushing fantasy
1: and there it is all right gentlemen we appreciate the time uh Thank you for all that you do for the blog for house enterprise, fantasy football, and more. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll lock down these picks and uh, we'll hopefully you guys are all right. And we're not on old takes expose uh, for week three, but thanks again, gentlemen. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good night, fellas. Thank you. Good night. Later. Awesome. Yeah. And that was just Eddie, Sam, clubfoot, Jim and Jordan the writer's room, NFL one, NFL, NFL week Whoa. one. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're Not even a talking drinking. a lot of chatter. Um, you know, great stuff all around. We appreciate all they do for the blog. Um, from a fan perspective by a fan, it's a uh, great, great stuff that they do writing about the teams and, uh, the boys are fired up. I mean, they're participating in the fantasy league. We got the pick them. We got the blog having them on the show was the icing on the cake. And it was great insight and conversation overall.
0: So we're going to hopefully have more football conversations with them this year, uh, whether it's on the pod or uh, anywhere else on our channels, please join in and tell us what you think. Um, Real quick hitters for balls. Bryant hired Chris Duhan and this is the best day of my fucking life. They officially announced it. NBA player coming to Smithfield. That's sick. Um, He's a director of scouting and video analysis. That's incredible an NBA player coming to do scouting. Okay, fine. Chris Duhan played with the Lakers super team. Give that to me. He's got a ring. I don't think he has it. They didn't win the ring that year. That was oh. the year that they were supposed to be sick. They had, oh. that was the lineup. It was Steve Nash, Kobe, okay, um, yeah, yeah. Meta, Powell, and Dwight Howard. Then their head coach got fired five games in. Hey, but I mean, Chris Duhan, Knicks legend. Yeah. I mean, he started nine games for that Lakers team. That's pretty dope. I'll take it,
1: I'll take it. and put Brian on the map. put Brian on the map. Uh, when you have you know NBA personnel coming to join the staff and uh, Rothstein tweeting
0: about them all the time, it's a recipe for success. And finally, just real quick, I know we don't talk much about the PLL, but the championships this week. Uh, Whip snakes are a minus 160 favorite over the chaos. They have a minus one and a half spread. Chaos have a plus 140 money line without watching a single game of the PLL Tondo. What are you doing here?
1: I mean, it sucks that the water dogs aren't in. Yeah. That's the, water the only dog, team I mean, that I really shot. know, or even the, I mean, the cannons were an absolute dog, uh, you know, oh, you know, dumpster dude. fire, but they, that, that would have still been cool to have Rabel um, in the championship of his own league. That's some, that's some, uh, what that's is collusion. it? Um,
0: <laughs> that's what it is.
1: Well, Will Ferrell and uh,
0: <laughs> oh, on the Tropics, um, yeah, yeah, the semi-pro, yeah, yeah, some
1: semi-pro shit. but um, I'm curious to see if I can bet this on the Rhode Island sports book. I doubt no. I could. No,
0: there's but not. I'll take it's the DraftKings. I'll Whip take snakes? the WhipSnakes. Okay, snakes. so the WhipSnakes, you are committing to their third straight championship in the three years the PLL have been around. So that's interesting. Dynastate. A lot of people are, but. Now the question is, and we're going to talk about this with next week's guests, hopefully, but now the question becomes, are they the Patriots of the PLL and is everyone going to fucking hate them? And it's, a, it's, it's warranted because they have, like, you know, the the lovable but also hateable guy in Matt Rambo who's from Philly. Like, you know, he, he's a short dude. Like, he's a big-ass guy that shouldn't be playing across his body type. Kind of like Tom Brady. I don't know. Like it's just, I'm just floating it out there. I think the Whip Snakes are technically the Patriots of the NFL.
1: Chase the rings, baby. Go for the dynasty. Why not? Three Why time not? champs.
0: Fuck it. Um, I I want to root for the chaos so badly. I just don't think they can beat them. Um, and I guess we'll find out. I'll be in the building on Sunday. I'm pretty pumped about it. It'll be sick. Um, that's basically it for balls. I mean, we talked about everything we need to. I don't really want to get pissed off by the Yankees right now, so we'll hold off. Um, uh,
1: I'll say two baseball things that are, that were kind of cool. That happened. Uh, Max Scherzer 3000 strikeouts. That's big. Um, that's pretty huge. You know, that is, uh, you know, he's a, he's a no doubt hall of famer. Um, so that was, you know, one big headline. Uh, the second Derek Jeter obviously got into the hall of fame. There was a lot of hate on saying he was a crappy defender and a shitty teammate, but You know, before the Fernando Tatises and the Vladdy Jr.'s, every kid wanted to be Derek Jeter. There was no doubt in my mind. Every player respected Derek Jeter. Um, He was the epitome of a New York Yankee. He was the epitome of a a grinder, a gamer, a champion, a world class act, like rightfully so. I, I really do wish, I mean, no disrespect to Larry Walker, but. I wish it was a class in his own and a unanimous unanimous decision for Derek Jeter, but he gets his rifle place in Cooperstown.
0: Yeah. And I guess you can't really, I mean, Larry Walker was great. He had an oh, awesome yeah. career for the Rockies um, and you know, he was just an incredible player, but that's so tough to wish upon these hall of famers that like, I just wish they went in by themselves. Like, I don't really know. There's been a couple recently that have gone in by themselves, but I mean, that just would have been the icing on the cake for Derek Jeter to do. I hear you
1: hundred percent. And then we'll stay on the Yankees Mets topics, uh, Yankees topic. We had the subway series this weekend. Uh, Mets took two, got a little chippy in the last game. Uh, the one thing I wanted to do highlight though, that I thought was a really cool tribute was the Saturday night game. Um, you know, the nine 11 Memorial uh, having Joe Torrey and Bobby Valentine throw out there that just brought, you know, childhood memories back. Uh, you know, rightfully so, especially with us being Yankees fans, but also interviewing Bobby Valentine. I thought that was a really, really cool moment. Um, And the whole night was just, uh, you know, really picture perfect.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I think that we had some stuff for Positivity Corner. I I think that's it. You know, um, we grew up, uh, we were both born in 97. I mean, we were four years old, September 11th. Um, But one thing that sticks out always is the George Bush first pitch. Bob Shepard's voice in the background saying the president of the United States, everybody roars, no politics aside. Now, when you see Trump or Biden walk into a, you know, a stadium, they get relentlessly booed. It doesn't matter where. Um, and that was like one of the last times that a president walked into a sporting event and everybody in the building cheered for him and. Um, one of those moments that you look back at and say, holy shit, that was history happening right in front of us. And, you know, we got to relive a little bit of a slice of it this weekend with Bobby Valentine and Joe Torrey, who were managing their respective teams, throwing out the first pitch. Very awesome tribute to America. Of course, the the Mets and Yankees both had to ruin it the game after by talking a bunch of shit to each other. But, um, you know, very positive stuff uh, from the two Clubs in New York. So Mm -hmm. we'll leave it at that for positivity corner tonight. Um, you know, touching tribute. Um, of course, Sean Nassani, uh, Rhode Islander, Bryant graduate, um, uh, among many others that lost their lives in nine 11, but, um, they celebrated the 20th annual Sean Nassani Memorial race as well to a Bryant. Um, they raised a ton of money for the fund, A lot of folks out there at Bryant this weekend, and it was overall a a great time as well. So a lot of positive stuff going on this weekend. Some touching tributes at Bryant uh, and in the Rhode Island community. So it's all good stuff. Um, Shit day to have to that we have to remember these kinds of things. But again, um, you know, a lot of people um, were heroes. Uh, They became heroes from that day. So
1: yeah, I mean. No matter what anniversary it is, hopefully it never becomes a holiday where people, you know, want the three-day weekend or and the day off. And it's like this is really do you know this is this should be a moment that we never forget. And it's always that one quote, um, and I forgot who said it, but it's like I pray that we never have a nine eleven, uh, but hope for those feelings of a nine twelve once again, where everyone comes together united, politics aside. Um, And there was, you know, glimpses of that during the pandemic with, uh, you know, all of the crap that was going on, but it was always overshadowed by politics and the news and pointing fingers and hate. So maybe one day we can uh, get back to that unity and that patriotism um, like we saw this weekend.
0: Very much agreed. That's our show. Episode 61. Uh, football content on the blog folks everybody did a really nice job this week again shout out to om brown too who did not make it tonight uh doing a great job with the titans beat uh and josh adams joining our our contingent here the editor of college hoops digest is coming to the football world writing for house enterprise uh we're more than happy to have um you know the two of them with us as well that'll do it episode 61 of Beers, business and balls that's will i'm jake so long folks take it easy